0: This week on the Habs form, we are finally recording an episode after a Habs win, and oh my God, did they almost blow it? And if they did, I think Jonathan Drouet might have been actually kicked out of Montreal by an angry mob. But uh, lucky for him, uh, they held on to the win uh, after some pretty poor performances. So we're going to talk about how inconsistent and frustrating. This team has been lately, but hey, if they can at least hold on to a playoff spot, anything can happen. Coming up, we got a three-game road trip in Calgary. That's really what, this can really finalize the playoff spot for the Canadians. So we're we're, going to talk about that, the shuffling of the lines, the captain, Shea Weber, people saying he needs to to retire, that he's finished, and blah, 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 and then he has his best game of the season the next day. So we're going to talk about all that, of course, the situation with Cole Caulfield not playing in Laval or in Montreal, doesn't make a lot of sense if you ask me. Uh, and today team had a day off. They chose to practice. I mean, I guess at least they f- finally re- realized it's time to get into playoff mode. So that's, I guess that's a positive, but before we start Dustin, tell me who's our sponsor.
1: The Habs forum brought to you by manscape.com. Check out the lawnmower 3.0 weed whacker and the rest of the all-star lineup at manscape.com. Use promo code HABSforum to get 20% off your purchase and free shipping, guys. Definitely check it out with the summer coming up. I mean, uh, they got lots of stuff to keep you guys looking good, feeling good, and feeling funky fresh. Well, you always (laughs)
0: want to feel funky fresh. That's uh, that's for sure. Feeling funky fresh while you're listening to some funky fresh beats, right? There you Uh, go. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get to I mean we won't touch too much on the, on the on the previous games but like since the last podcast uh there were there were four games the 2-1 win against Calgary which I mean uh it's been a while at this point I mean so but almost a week ago I don't know about you but my my Memory from a week ago isn't that good anymore, but uh, they almost blew that game. Uh, and uh, I mean, it was tied until late in the game, and then they get a, a goal late to win it, which was huge. It's against Calgary, but not that convincing of a game. And I, I don't know if you remember it, but at the end of the podcast on Wednesday last week, we were saying they better come out flying after that pathetic performance. Not exactly what happened, but they still pulled off the win. But then, a pathet- absolutely pathetic performance against Ottawa. That 4 nothing loss against Ottawa was absolutely disgusting. Gusting, honestly, I was ready to give up on the season after that game. I was, I was like, against Ottawa again. That was unacceptable. Like, I'm getting mad just talking about it again. <laughs> For whatever reason, I mean, I don't. Know, who knows why. Ottawa seems to
1: have the Canadians number this season, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, what, it, it was just like, what can you even say about that game? And even the game after, I mean, the game on, uh, on Monday when they played the Oilers, uh, well, the first yeah. game against the Oilers, was a four, one loss. I mean, back to back, just terrible losses. I mean, like you said, when, after, uh, you know, when we did the, the last podcast after the flames game, you know they obviously had a r- really bad game in that first game when they lost four to one last Wednesday. Uh, you know we we wanted to see an inspiring performance from them, not exactly what we saw from them. It was yeah. it was a Talking really about, boring. them about
0: a week to get an inspiring performance.
1: Uh exactly. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, at least the, the second game against Calgary. I mean, it was a, it was a really boring game, one of the yeah. most boring games of the season. But yeah. at least in that game, they were able to pull out the uh, the W. But uh no, I mean uh you know, two games back to back, not obviously not what you wanted to see from them, but uh at least they got it last night. I mean they almost coughed it up there at the end, but uh but a
0: good win. But I mean before we move to last night's game, the game against Edmonton, the what I found most frustrating about that, well, first of all, watching on the RDS feed, I know you don't usually watch on RDS, but they wouldn't shut up about how the Canadians have shut down Connor McDavid the whole season. And, it, like, they've talked about it most games, most of the recent games against Edmonton, because it is, like, interesting, the stats and all that. But they were really, really, really pushing that narrative on Monday. It's like they wanted the hockey gods to be like, you know what? Well, screw you. Connor McDavid is going to take over this game with 10 minutes to go in the game. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, the, not everyone believes in those superstitions or saying the word shutout at the end of the shutout and stuff like that. But I feel like that was just asking for trouble. But the thing with that game that was so frustrating, so they got a lucky bounce. Puck goes off Eric Stahl's skate, who, I mean, let's be honest, hasn't been exactly a, a great player for the Canadians. They get a one nothing league in the second. And then you're playing against the best player in the world. I don't care if you've shut him down most of the season. You can't expect to shut out that team. It's like they completely sat back and wanted to just kind of win one nothing. I I I hate responding that way. And honestly, part of me is happy they ended up losing that game because then yesterday they did they didn't act that way. You know, like they 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 didn't stop playing because they had the one nothing lead. You can't just sit back and try to hold on to a one nothing lead. Like I I I fucking hate when teams do that. And you especially can't do it against Connor McDavid. Like I don't care how good you've been against him. There's, you can't always stop him, and let's let's be honest here. Even though he hadn't scored against the, the, the Canadians, he had had some bad puck luck. You know, he had, had some a refused goal, uh, like and so disallowed goal and stuff like that. So like, he was still getting his chances. obviously he was going to score eventually. You know? No,
1: exactly. I mean, you, you can't expect. Like, and I feel like that. You know, we've been talking about this a lot, and you know, everybody's really been talking about it a lot. The fact that they just seem to play not to lose yeah. a lot of the times. I mean, yeah. um, you know, we've seen it obviously, you know, in, in a lot of the choices they make in overtime. Yeah. All, a lot of the time they're playing not to lose. But I mean, a lot of these games, you know, even when they do get a lead, they're really sitting back, holding on for dear life some of the time. And, and, you know, that, that that's obviously, especially like you said, when they're playing a, against a top team. Uh, you know, with with top players like Connor McDavid and uh, and Leon Draisaitl, for for sure. I mean, you're you're you know you're you're looking for trouble basically.
0: It's just like I don't necessarily think that Dom Duchamp is telling them to sit back when they have that one nothing lead. Like I don't know, I'm not in, not in the dressing room, but it's really like I'm kind of disappointed with what we've seen from Duchamp so far. It's it's not really not what I thought, like the type of coach we would get out of him in those types of shit situations like of course he's still he's still a rookie as far as being a head coach in the NHL so so maybe it's growing pains and i, I i'm really hoping that that loss and the way they lost that game was a wake up call because then the next day that the, the 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 media quotes and all that i mean it it was it was not pretty i mean there was was there was the jonathan Drouin quote where he basically was asked about only having two goals on this season and he said something along the lines well there's there's another column to the to the right of that. Have you looked at that one? Basically saying, I have a lot of assists and all that. But I mean, I, I guess that's kind of a clever answer. You still have more than two goals there, John, Jonathan. Like, come on. But then the Weber uh, response, which which a lot of people didn't like, uh, from uh, f- from the captain that uh, w- that we all saw. And I mean, I really didn't like what, what Weber had to say. But and I we've been critical of Shea Weber. He had his best game of the season yesterday. So he did answer the bell after being called out. That's for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he definitely, he, I mean, he. when was the last time he had a great game like that? I mean, who knows? I, I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, you know, a, a lot of people uh, on Habs Twitter, you know, I mean, obviously didn't like including us both that didn't like what, uh, what he said. Um, but I mean, you know, there's there a lot of people, uh, especially in the media, I would say that, sort of defended him saying that, you know, when things are, were going really well, he didn't, you know, take uh you know, he didn't praise himself either. He always said it was a team game, but I mean, what ho- have you ever heard of a hockey player say, Oh yeah, it's all me. I'm having an amazing season. No, I don't sure. think
0: so. Yeah, exactly. So-
1: exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, especially if you're the captain, you should be able to take, you know, the your your fair shot of the blame for sure. And now I, I, obviously not, not too happy about the the response that we heard from him. But, uh, you know, at least we saw his performance last night. Uh, and, you know, I mean, there's been a lot said about him pairing with Ben Sherratt.
0: But, I mean, they were fantastic last night. But here's the thing for me about his performance last night where it almost kind of, It almost pissed me off every time I saw him do a nice play because it's not like last night he magically gained foot speed or started – he was faster or quicker. Like he still is 35-year-old Shea Weber, but he was – it's the way he was playing. He just looked – honestly, he looked like he was trying more. That's what it looked like. It looked like he like he was playing angry. He was playing physical. He was knocking the players down. He he, he was playing the type of game that Shea Weber should have like translated his game to in in, in older age. And he showed us that he's still able to do that. And so, w- what does this mean? Does this mean that he needs to get pissed off at the at the media for, for for him to play well for us? Like, why all of a sudden was he able to do that yesterday, but he hasn't been able to do that at any point? In, in the season before that, I mean, there was another game against I think it was against Edmonton again coming out of the that, that one, one of the week long breaks where he looked good, too. Like he's had those moments like that. But I don't, I don't know it kind of bothered me yesterday because it's like, OK, why aren't you always playing like this or at the very least a like, uh, close to this? Like the, the, yesterday was a completely different hockey player from what we've seen the rest of the season. No
1: no uh, you're you're definitely right I mean uh yeah it was I, I think well what I saw from him last night was that he really kept things simple uh, you know he, he he was extremely physical which is obviously what you want to see out of shea Weber i mean that's yeah. that's what he does best uh you know he obviously i mean with i mean basically everybody on the team was getting under connor mcdavid and and dry's skin last night yep. um, you know really getting getting in their head and and taking that out, out of the game but drys idol yeah. got a penalty out of it too you know out of frustration. Yeah, what a stupid penalty that was yeah. on the on edmondson i think he hit yeah. but uh you know i mean they've I, I thought a lot a lot of the time this season like he's been taking way too many chances he's trying yeah, to, trying to do too much offensively which is not his game especially at this point I mean he's obviously getting up there in age we've seen it all season long that he's he you know he's lost a step so I mean when he keeps his game simple this is when he's going to have success it's when he when he gets out of that. Uh, you know get, gets away from himself that's that's where it's going to be a recipe to, for disaster and that's what we've seen the last couple of weeks when he has struggled but uh you know he's if he can keep playing like this keep keep playing that physical game and getting you know really making it difficult for the for the other team's superstar players and uh you know that's going to be a recipe for success for sure and,
0: and the thing is is that type of play like the one play that sticks to, to mind to me is is he? I can I, I think it was Drysaddle where he knocked him on his ass on a one on one. And then Drysaddle went to the net. He, he knocked him out. He kept playing physical. And like the, the the team sees that. And we've seen it time and time again over the years that a, a player performing that way and and playing with that type of like intensity, it's contagious. We've seen it through Brendan Gallagher, who has been the the real leader on the ice for this team. And his injury has been the beginning of, like, we've had ups and downs all years, but the worst down we've had this season has been the games after his injury, right? So I don't think that's a coincidence at all. It's because he's – if anyone on this team is able to, to take this – pick this team up when they're playing like crap, it's Gallagher because he, he's always playing balls to the wall and he'll make a play that even if he doesn't score, he's going to – Get a bloody and then yelling at the other bench and it kind of wakes the team up, right? And and I, what I noticed too early in the game is, I mean, I mean, everyone noticed this. Obviously, he dropped the gloves, but like the fact that Corey Perry, I feel like, kind of took over that role yesterday. I, I, I at, at times I feel like Corey Perry, uh, I think a little bit, kind of understands his role as a veteran on the, playing the fourth line and maybe doesn't. I don't think he necessarily is as outspoken as he probably was after years in Anaheim. Right? it's it's not his team right like it was in anaheim like it's gallagher's team it's weber's team but i feel like yesterday there, there was so anderson and, and i think edmondson too wanted to kind of get into it with um uh with uh what's his name that injured price with uh yeah uh, yeah, Jesson. Jesson. yeah exactly like it, it was happening in, in in the in the skating uh, like i think it was anderson got in his face in the in the, in the warm-up before the game and all that and the, the fact that K- cory appeared because n- none of us any Habs fan who wants to see Anderson drop the gloves against you, yeah, someone's like, you're wrong. I, that, I, I was terrified when I saw that clip. I was like, oh, God, Anderson's going to drop the gloves. He's going to hurt himself again. Just just for that alone, I was so thankful for Corey Perry for, for taking that like, – upon himself to drop the gloves and that was a real sign of leadership and I and with his play on the ice the same thing I feel like he was really playing that kind of Gallagher role something that's kind of been missing these last few games and I think that's what really started us off on the right path in this game and it continued through also Weber's play and and Sherrod's play and to be fair to Sherrod I mean, he he last the Monday's game was his first game in a very long time. So I mean, he he played a lot better uh, yesterday. I, I and the thing with Chirico is like he has the same problem as Weber. The, the games where he gets exposed is because he's he shouldn't be playing 25 minutes a game every night, you know. So it is what it is. But I mean, I really think Corey Perry made a big difference yesterday, even though even though it might have been a bit more more understated. He's 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 kind of like Gallagher in that sense. He's always he's ready to go. And playoff mode is starting, and we're gonna get playoff Corey Perry going forward. I think. No, exactly.
1: And I mean, I think you hit it on the head there, where he's playing. The role that he needs to play, he knows what role that he can bring to this team, obviously he's not the guy that that you know was one of the best players in the league that uh, you know won a heart trophy at one point that's not the corey pair that we have on this team. you know he knows exactly what his role is, what he brings to this team he's going to bring those solid fourth line minutes he's going to get under the skin of the other team You know he he made Connor McDavid take a penalty, a really stupid penalty the other day just because he's such a pain in the ass to play yeah. against. He's going to, you know, if if they need him on the power play, he'll be he'll stand in front of the net on the power play. He's going to chip in every once in a while with a goal, too. So, you know, like you said, he's kind of that Gallagher role. And especially, obviously, with Gallagher out now, he's playing, you know, he's he's stepping sort of filling that void, I guess you could say. But uh, that's that, you know, he he he, him, too, like we said about Weber and and Sherrod, too. You know, they have to keep it simple. They have to play within their game. And that's what Corey Perez has been doing. Since he got with the with the Canadians and and that's what's giving him success.
0: And, and that's really what's the the biggest positive for me for yet from yesterday's game is like I, we try not to be and as Habs fans I think we we can all be self-aware and uh, that as a fan base we're extremely reactionary and good game we're so happy Sassana Cup we're planning the parade one bad game let's do a fire everyone let's, let's you know like you know like we we are as bad as it gets as a as a fan base for that and i'm absolutely guilty uh of, of it too so i mean i i was ready to give up on the team on saturday and now after yesterday's game i'm i'm excited right but what was exciting about yesterday's game is that it felt like a playoff game And so if this is what this team – because that's what we've been saying about this team is that it's really built more for the playoffs compared to previous seasons with the veterans. It's a bigger team. It's a team with a lot of depth up front. So if this is the type of game they can play when it's quote-unquote playoff hockey, it gets me pretty excited to to, to what it's going to look like when it it is time for the playoffs and and for for the last stretch because – I mean, we're going to talk about it a bit more, but these next three games, if you're not looking at it as playoffs games against the Calgary's, I mean, you don't understand what's going on in the standings. Those are big games coming up, and the fact that it's three in a row, I mean, I'm getting sick of only playing the Canadian teams, but this end of the season is where we're going to see where it can get really exciting, that you're always facing the teams you're you're kind of fighting for a playoff spot with, you know?
1: Oh, exactly and like you said i mean it was a, it was a playoff atmosphere and i mean what are what better example of that than man there was like i i think over a hundred hits thrown yeah. last, last night between the two teams and that that's that's crazy i mean the canadians themselves i think threw uh, through like 48 hits or something like that so i mean that's 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 a crazy number obviously and like so many big
0: hitters on the teams i got anderson you got shirat you got romanov kotkin uh, yemi's throwing the body a ton like it's compared to teams we've had only only like a couple years ago. It's even, crazy how we can throw the body around now.
1: Paul Byron last night, I think yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he
0: had seven hits last night. I mean, that's, that's crazy. It, he's one <laughs> of the leaders on the, at the team for hits. It just shows how much heart he has, you know, like he's for sure lost a step and he's overpaid of course for the role he plays, but he is a very valuable player for this team. Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, I mean, uh, and and Duchamp said it today. You know, I mean, him going on waivers this season is no indication of his yeah. play. You know, it was just the reality of the salary cap. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's still an important uh, piece of this of the of the team. I mean, obviously, he, he's not as good as uh, as he was just a few years ago. But I mean, I I think you know, come playoffs, especially, I mean, he's the type of leader really that the, that the other players are going to look at him throwing the body around like that chipping in, doing whatever he can to, uh, Absolutely. to, to help the team that, I mean, that's the kind of guy that you want on the team, no doubt.
0: And I was so happy to see Lekkanen get that beautiful goal, goal to start the game. Cause Lekkanen is one guy. He really doesn't get the, the kind of like, I don't know, like, I, like he was scratched earlier when Dushan first started and everything, he really doesn't get the recognition he deserves. Cause that's one of the players that game in and game out. Like I understand that like he, 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 we we got it a little bit disappointed cuz he gave us kind of 20 goal scorer hope in his, in his rookie season so he's he's not that guy but he always gives 100% every single game and i and i feel like it doesn't get noticed enough like, he's a and he he's reliable defensively. He's a fantastic bottom bottom uh, like bottom not bottom six guy. Like I, I I don't know why he doesn't get recognized more for that. And I just I just loved him being able to finish that that beautiful pass by Yemi yesterday. He he deserves it. And I I really hope he's proved to sound that he deserves to his spot in the lineup every single night. Like I don't I don't think he should ever be taken out of the lineup.
1: Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, we've said this before on the podcast. I mean, I I'm, I'm pretty confident that all 30 other teams, if the Canadians wanted to, to get rid really of luck or if he was a guy that went on waivers, there would be 30 teams that would make the claim. Plus Seattle would also make a claim, even even if they're not in the league yet. But I mean, he, he's the perfect type of guy. We all know he doesn't, have the scoring that maybe we thought he was going to have. When he when he come, uh, came into the NHL, I think 18 goals in his first full season. Yeah. You know, we were obviously expecting a lot out of him, you know, and we thought, you know, there's people that thought he was going to be a 25 maybe 30 goal scorer. Obviously that hasn't panned out. But he he is just i mean the the game that he played yesterday and not just the goal but he was constantly forechecking yeah. and just disrupting the other team the whole game long and you know that's that that's what he does i mean you know he's he's not going to put up a bunch of goals but he's going to be a pain in the ass to play against and you know when he plays like that and that's that, that's when the canadians are uh, you know are, are in
0: line for success I, you know, what with Lekanen like, though, I could see him. I mean, this is all, a little like almost off, off topic there. If even if it's not in with Montreal, I could see him being one of the, those types of players that, in his like year, like of twenty nine of his like when he's twenty nine years old or thirty or something, he has like one random season where he sco- scores like thirty five goals. You know, like everything goes well because all his chances that he always misses and all that, he just has that one year where everything comes together. Like you see it sometimes, these random players they're 30 and they have a, a breakout season and then that's it. They never have a good season. Like really again, if he gets put in the right situation, like maybe he, he ends up on a, on a, on a, on a bad team and he, he's kind of playing top line minutes with like a, a solid center. And all, like, I really could see it happening. Like, I, it's not something I, I expect from him this season or anything like that. Like, I don't think he's going to become a like year in and year out 20, 25, 30 goal scorer, but I could see him having that one random year where he gets a bunch of goals. Yeah, he he has a lot more skill than I
1: think a lot of people give him credit for, uh, you know. And it, he doesn't score a lot of goals, but usually what the goals that he does score, I mean they're pretty nice. That was a really nice goal last night. Oh, it, 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 yeah,
0: it that was, was a great, great, and great goal. There's been so many situations this year where Kakunemi makes a beautiful pass and then nothing happens. So it was just so nice for something to happen off that play by Kakinyemi for once. For once. I mean, poor kid. He honestly, I think I said it last week. He could easily have like fifteen more assists this year. Like primary no, Right?
1: No, it's true. Yeah. Ah. I mean, you know, Kokinemi obviously he hasn't uh you know, he, he hasn't always had the most skilled wingers with him. But uh I mean we saw it last game and we've seen it a bit in the past too. I mean, he seems to have a bit of chemistry there with Lekin and Byron. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, obviously they're not the they're not the 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 two top scorers, but I mean, Kukiniemi, we know he's not, and, and he's obviously getting better, but he's not the best defensive forward either. And Byron and Lekin are two guys that are amazing defensively. So it's two guys that, you know, can sort of can, can give him a hand for sure. But, uh, you know, they, they seem to complement each other pretty well. But, but I mean, that that lo- whole line was everywhere last night. And uh, I mean, they had a fantastic game.
0: And the, the thing I think that, that that's really great for a player like Kukiniemi playing, those minutes next to to, to and uh, and Byron is that it kind of relieves a bit of that pressure of of needing to focus on improving his defensive game and all that. And, and, and cause he is still developing. Let's remember that he's still developing. And if you're watching every single game, you, you've noticed that he's getting better every game. He keeps getting better. He's throwing the body around more and more. And he, he's just making some beautiful passes here and there. I mean, we've talked about it last week, the release on this shot. I mean, we all see it. that that's the next thing. That's the thing that I hope in the off season, all, all he does, all he does the entire offseason is work on getting a quicker release and just kind of like not thinking, about it so much, and I mean, it, when you, it, you can count to, to five, you know, like you can count five Mississippis from when you can tell he's gonna shoot and when he actually shoots <laughs> the puck, you know. So, I mean, I, I love Katkin that's definitely something he needs to improve on this game. So, I mean. I, I've been upset with his linemates at times, but like it's it's we have to be realistic with these two young centers in Katagami and Suzuki, who we, we've asked for so much, uh, and because they did so well in the bubble last year, we expected a lot this year. But of course, in a, in a in a long season and in, in a condensed season like this one, it, it's a lot on their shoulders, and it's a lot, it's a mental grind for them. So it's it's normal that there's ups and downs, and we've seen it with Suzuki too. Although Suzuki, the the great positive with him, even though he seems to be like up and down, he's still putting up points. I mean, in, in April, he has the third most points on the team. So, I mean, if this is a bad season by Nick Suzuki standards, I think Nick Suzuki's is going to have a pretty solid year, a solid career.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've said like the last you know, little while, last month, maybe two, like he he seems to be one of those guys that you know he doesn't really seem to be doing a whole lot out there he you know just sort of coasting at times but he always seems to get his chances at the end of the yeah. day and you know it, it you know you look at the score sheet at the end of the game and he has not you know a point or two yeah it almost seems like every single game so uh so yeah i mean he, it, maybe he's not looking as great as he did uh, last season and and certainly maybe not as he did in the bubble you know i think maybe the grind of a long of a long season. Well, I guess not really that long. I mean, it's only 40 games so far, uh, you know, half of a regular. It's not long, season,
0: but it's but condensed, right? So it's arguably yeah, worse, yeah, right? Like true. who knows, you know?
1: So, uh, you know, maybe he's dealing with a, uh, with a little nagging injury or something like that, but you know, I mean, he's, he, he's still do, you know, he's, he's still playing a pretty solid game, but cooking. Yeah, I mean, he, I don't know. He, he doesn't seem to be missing a beat, you know, and the things that, I think people said about him in the past that, that maybe he need to work on obviously he has, you know, I mean the big concern, I think last season was especially the face-offs. He's one of the better face-off guys on the team yeah. now, obviously he still has to work on that. He's throwing the body around more. He's, you know, he he's, he seems stronger on his skates, I mean, is he man? And he's still what, twenty, twenty-one years old? I mean, he's he's got a lot of development in front, in front of him, and I mean, he's only going to get better, especially when, when when you're dealing with a, a big center like that. 100%. You know, he needs to grow into his body, and
0: man, the, a few very scenes. few elite big centers. You know, talking about six three and six two, six three, six four. Like very few of those elite big centers, like, like right away came out, came into the league and, 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 and were amazing, you know, like they always take more time to, 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 to develop. So it, it's, 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 and he's developing. If you're watching the games, he's getting better. I'm really, I'm, I'm still confident. Like if we're going to talk, let, let's let's compare Suzuki and, and, uh, and and Kokinyami, I mean, Suzuki, I think the fan base is pretty confident that we're gonna that he's gonna be good. There's no concern that, but I feel like Suzuki's like his floor is is very high, but uh, like his ceiling is limited to an extent. I, I, I think Katgenmi's ceiling is, is 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 higher than Suzuki's if he really reaches his full potential, he will be the number one center on this team and he could be a top center in in the NHL. as long as he wants to learn. He wants to get better. like you said, when he's he he things are noticed that are lacking in his game, he makes an obvious effort to improve those things. And if that continues, every, like every season he fixes those little things, that's when he's going to develop into a great player. and that, that's why I was saying previously that. like this season at the end of the day is still a transition season. You know, I don't want to hear about the window of Price and Weber. The window in Price and Weber does not exist. This team's not going to win a Stanley Cup with Price and Weber as the leaders of this team. This this team is going to win a Stanley Cup. It's going to compete for a Stanley Cup when it's Suzuki and Kakuniemi and Caulfield and Romanov that are the leaders of this team. That is what this fan base needs to be focused on, is those kids. Because this is the best batch of, of, of prospects that this team has had since I have been a fan of the Montreal Canadiens. Can you think of a time where it was as good as this? Not just prospects that are coming up that haven't played in the NHL, but a bunch of guys that are already playing and looking like they're going to develop into great players.
1: No, definitely not. I mean, uh, nowhere even close to, to the, to the prospects and the young kids they have now. So, I mean, you know, like you said, it's, it's, you know, they have their, their older guys like price and and Weber, they're sort of on the tail end of their career. But I mean, the Canadians are really going to hit their, their sort of peak in a couple of years. I mean, you know, Caulfield hasn't even played a game yet. We have some other young, great young players coming up soon, probably in the next couple of years. We got our next goaltender to the future right now too. I mean, who's who's had an amazing year in the AHL. He's only I think 21 years old. So, and the future is certainly really bright. And yeah. and I mean, it starts with obviously Suzuki and Kakinemi being two of the best players on the team right now. i
0: uh, uh, absolutely. And if if you're set down the middle, and then if Romanov develops into a, a top pairing defenseman too, and then and then Primo develops into a like there's a, there's a lot of positives uh, possible here. And, and that We've been on the positive side of it for 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 a bit here, and I, we kind of glossed over the the the, the comments there about the the like how he uh, he gets assists even though he's not scoring goals. But I mean, that's just something he said. I'm I'm sure the goal thing is is bothering him. And yesterday, relegated to the fourth line. I mean, not not I don't think either of us thinks he's been the worst player on the team. I'm I'm not against him having a game on the fourth line, honestly. Like, if anything, other players have deserved to get. Uh, some more ice time but then yesterday on top of it after everything he gets that stupid penalty at the end of the game almost cost the team the whole game and the timing of it you just knew that like, lucky for him the, the 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 Oilers just got a penalty for for challenging the the no goal so it was just 4 on 4 for the beginning cuz that was a 4 minute minor with like a bit over 5 minutes left in the game man <laughs> Like, can you imagine if they lost after that?
1: Oh, my God. Or even if they just tied it up, you know? And uh, I mean, you know, how (laughs) you're already sort of in the doghouse. Yeah. And I mean, what way to just really, you know, piss off the the, the head coach and, and the fans and everybody more. The Canadians just scored to make it four to one. The, uh, you know, they, they had challenged, so they, and, and lost the challenge, obviously the Oilers. So they just, so they get the penalty there. Like you said, I mean, I think there was a little over five minutes left. You're up by three goals and you're on the power play for the next two minutes. The game's over yeah basically, you know, but no, you go and take, I mean, I know high sticking like, you know, it's, it's always sort of a, it's, you know, you have to be in control of your stick, but at the same time, I mean, like it's always sort of a fluky thing that
0: happens, you know, for whatever it you I mean, know, is. The blood rule I think him. is completely stupid. It is. It is. It, th- that is like, that is um, maybe the, the rule I find the dumbest in, in, in the NHL. It's, it's just completely random and any rule that's completely random. Oh, so he's bleeding. It, it, it cause it doesn't mean that the high stick was more like aggressive or anything like that, you know, but Correct. like you like, said, it wasn't you, wasn't like you tried stick. to
1: injure him or anything. Right. I mean,
0: but the, the thing, like you say, you have to be in control of your stick, though, because I feel like it was a situation where he was kind of going all out, which he, you don't want him to stop playing late in the game. But like there's like read the kind of context of the game. But he's thinking, oh, this is turning into a blowout. I'm on the power play at the end of the game. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. Maybe it's, I can finally get my goal. Maybe I can finally get the goal that I've been I haven't gotten the last uh, for the last two months or how, however long it's been, you know, and then he gets a penalty.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that's a good point. You know, he probably wanted to go get a point. Hopefully, maybe a goal. He wanted, you know, he's he's on the fourth line, and and this is sort of the coach giving him his chance to, yeah, to to show his worth. And five seconds in, <laughs> maybe not <laughs> like even five seconds. five seconds, in, like yeah. right away. Oh man, right away. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like you said, I mean, it almost that four minutes almost ends up costing the him uh, their lead but oh man that that would have been a disaster if if they would have tied it up
0: like i don't know how he gets gets back from that <laughs> <laughs> cuz like we know like like we 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 love Dwayne. He hasn't been like he's looked really good at times this year but the, the same same thing that's played him since he's, he's been with the canadians is it's it's the consistency and he clearly has an issue with his confidence like there there's clearly something there that he that you talk about having you know, getting the monkey off his back like he has a gorilla on his back right now you know like and and he feels it and it affects his play and it's he's had opportunity he had one yesterday he was alone with the goalie and it's like every single day game in in our in our group chat there's a moment where we're like ah, oh, too way we're like dude yeah. <laughs> we just want you to get like we feel bad for you you know but it's just the longer it takes, the worse it is, you know. And then now it starts. The media is, is like for for the French media to turn out. It's that's that's the double edged sword of being a French Canadian in Montreal. You know, you do the slightest little good thing, and you're the best player ever. And but if you if you if you're if you go two months without scoring a goal, you're gonna hear about about it a lot. But I, like well, like you said, it's sort of a double edged sword. But like
1: I feel like there's like they have their they uh, well, the expression in French is the shoo shoo there, yeah. They're like, favorites, like, yeah. They like, they, their, their is favorites. definitely bit,
0: seems like a bit of a favorite versus, versus yeah, I DeWine. Mean, Dano
1: Went like what 25 games,
0: he went, I think, but they're, whole they're not camp- the same play, like no, you know what I mean. Like, Dano no. can go a whole season without scoring a goal and still be a very valuable player to this team, you know what I mean. DeWoy needs to put up points, and it's not like he's. Like, it'd be one thing if he had – he was on a crazy pace for assists and had no barely any goals. That's – okay, that's one thing. But that's not what's happening here. <laughs> you know, he has a good amount of assists. Like, good for you, but, you know, it's not he's, – he's not tearing up the league in assists, you know. Like, he can do better. No, no, for
1: sure. No, like you said, I mean, they are, they are obviously different players, very different players. But, uh, but I mean – I, I lately he there i mean it's no secret he hasn't been playing very good but like i i felt like at the beginning of the season he was he was getting it a little little uh, unjustly but yeah, um, yeah. but yeah obviously not doing him do doing himself any favors last night but uh yeah he he's got to he's got to turn it around but it's obviously easier said than done when you're
0: playing with Eric Stahl uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, Eric Stahl. Uh, he, here's the thing. Like first of all, the first game he gets in Montreal, he he, <laughs> he scores the overtime winner. So obviously that was very exciting. but the the thing is, is I really think that the Eric Stahl problem is that they at first they were trying to use him. They were making the same mistake with them as they've been doing and to continue to do with Shea Weber, you know, playing him like he's ten years younger than he is. When he was acquired, we talked about how, oh, great that he needed depth on the fourth line and look faceoffs is not a nothing stat and in april eric Stahl is the best centerman uh, on on the canadians as far as uh, faceoffs go he's at 54.2% and no centerman like a player that strictly plays center has a better faceoff percentage so that's not nothing and that, and that can be very valuable in in the playoffs and but that's the thing he, he needs to be used in very very restricted minutes and spe- specialty roles, maybe a big face off at the end of the game, and like play him in in like easy situations and for him and all that. But like that's it, no- nothing, nothing more.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, exactly. You know, they have like you said, they have to play him in a limited role, sort of like uh, you know the same sort of principle that that Cor- that they're doing with yeah. Corey Perry. You know, he knows his role, he's playing it exceptionally. And I mean, Stahl, you know, like you said at the beginning, I, th- I think he had even had some minutes on the second. Uh,
0: lines. I mean, anyway, yeah, yeah fourth, fourth line center. That's where you should be playing. Exactly. You know, and like the power play, I don't think it's like, I feel like they're trying to d- they use him the same way they use Corey Perry on the power play. Okay. Like when, when Eric Stahl was good on the power play, he didn't have the same role as Corey. You know what I mean? It's like, it's well, not like Eric Stahl and Corey Perry are the same player because they were both good at the same time. <laughs> Corey Perry has always been amazing in the front of the net. Even when he was at the top of his game, that's where he got a lot of his goals. That was never Eric Stahl's game, so he's not going to all, all, all of a sudden transform into that. Like, don't, don't put Eric Stahl on the power play. No more Eric Stahl and uh, barely any Shea Weber anymore in the power play. Give Shea Weber a nice little break on the power play and put Romanov off there. Romanov did get some minutes on the power play. Not a lot, but he did get some yesterday, which was nice to see. Because I want to see more of that. Rom- there was no reason why Romanov can't be on the power play. None at all. No, Exactly.
1: Uh, I mean, Weber, you know, he's, he's obviously not doing it at this point. The Canadians don't exactly have an abundance of uh, puck moving defensemen either. Uh, but uh, no, Romanov, you know, the chances that he has gone on the power play and, and when he is in the, in the offensive zone and he has the, has time to move the puck around. I mean, he's, you know, he, he looks good for sure. So, I mean, hopefully he, hopefully it's a sign of things to come and he'll get more of a chance.
0: Moving and forward. the thing with with Weber is the thing is like his, his his slap shot is just not what it used to be, and it, it, he's not gonna score the booming shot like he has at times. He's gonna get lucky here and there, but it, it's not consistent enough to be worth it on the power play. And it, the thing is, it's not just that he can hurt the team on the power play; it's it's a perfect opportunity for him to get less minutes because if yeah. he can play the way he played yesterday defensively, and that's you want him on the PK, you want him knocking people around. He's going to play a lot of minutes because they want to play him against the best like the players on the other team. And if he plays like he did yesterday, I mean, I'm fine with that. But then let's not forget, he's still older and can't play 30 minutes a game. If you're going to do that with him, then you can't have him out on the power play constantly. I know the power play is not minutes that are as hard on 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 like the on the offensive team generally speaking you know because he can spend if they spend the whole time in the offensive zone you know but still you know give him that time to fucking take a little nap on the bench then he'll be nice and rested to then kill a penalty that the takes on the power play you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> not exactly I mean you want to start limiting, limiting his minutes right I mean you know Petrie seems like the more he plays the better he gets and uh, I mean especially with John Merrill I mean I understand last night was his first game so maybe that's why they wanted to sort of limit his minutes yeah. They only played I think like 13 minutes last night it's but nice. uh, you know the 13 minutes he played he was he looked really good playing beside Romanoff. you know i thought they complemented each other really well even so, less I mean, I than think... that it was only 11 minutes 11 minutes 32 oh, seconds oh really Yeah. Oh, so there you go i mean obviously he should be playing more than that he was playing a lot of minutes uh, in detroit he's one of their top defensemen if not their best defenseman so i mean you know he he he's a guy that you know can can take some of those minutes off of Weber, maybe take a little bit off of petrie as well so he's not playing 30 minutes a game uh, you know, we saw Eric Gustafson was on the ice the other uh, the other day in practice. Uh, I think he was skating by himself. You know, I mean that's that's why Bergeron went out and got these guys was to, you know, to to add a little bit of depth to hopefully take some of the minutes off of the top guys and uh, and you know give more options to Duchamp.
0: See, that's the thing. If Merrill and Romanov can develop some chemistry end up being a pair that is, is, is that uh, at the very least Duchamp feels confident in, Maybe then he'll he'll be able to play that line more. Play maybe more like what well, what is Romanov's average ice time right now? Let me let me pull it off real, real quick. Sixteen thirteen, which which isn't that low, but like for a defenseman, it isn't that high? So you add a couple minutes to that, and then it's same to to, to, to and then all of a sudden you don't have Ben Sherratt playing twenty three minutes a game. You don't have Shea Weber playing twenty three minutes a game, and then and then just that just makes everyone's play that that much better. You know that that the. Just just do that, please. It just seems so obvious because we loved what we saw from Shea Weber. yesterday. of course we did. But we also know he can't do that every game for 30 minutes. He just he just can't. No, exactly. You know, and and you don't want to want to burn him out
1: here either. And then uh, then he's got nothing left for the playoffs. You got to you you know, you got to, you know, cut their time a little bit. You know, and, and I mean, Merrill and Romanov—they should be playing. You know, if they can play a solid 17, 18 minutes a game, I mean, that—that's exactly what you want to see. I mean, I think that—that that would be perfect for them. And then you can cut Weber's minutes down to maybe around 20 minutes a game, which you know I think would be huge for him. You know, instead of playing 25 minutes, that way you can keep him fresh and keep uh, Petri fresh, uh, fresh as well. So. You know, that's why you went out and got these guys. Let's give them more of a chance. I mean, Merrill should definitely be playing a lot more than 11 minutes. So now what's going to
0: happen with Gustafson now? Like, is like, how does he, I, I kind of don't get the Gustafson move more. Like, unless like we talked about it before. And I know you don't like the idea of playing with seventh defenseman. I guess depth is always good in case there's injuries. But now we have this whole situation where we can't call up Cole Caulfield in case there's an injury. I mean right now I'd rather not have Gustafson and be able to call up Cole Caulfield. You know what I mean? That just seems like that was poor cat management there.
1: Yeah, it's um well, I mean, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of out of left field, especially after they got Merrill. Exactly. But uh but I think you know, well, first of all, I mean, I definitely no, like you said, I I hate the idea of playing with seven defensemen. I, I think it's pretty stupid, to be honest with you, then you're obviously only playing with 11 forwards. You don't have four full lines. And even Duchamp said it the other day. He did say oh, yeah, it could be a possibility playing with seven defensemen, but that he thought that it sort of disrupted the flow of uh, of your lines, which I, which is why I don't think it's a good idea.
0: It's generally something you see because because there's injuries. It's not something you choose yeah. to do usually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you have a defenseman that's maybe uh, you know able, that, that that's injured, uh, but is, is going to play in the game, maybe sort of thing. But um, yeah, I I mean I think Gustafson. Obviously, I mean they gave up nothing for him. They gave up a seventh round yeah. pick. Um, like you said, I mean maybe not the, the 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 best move cap wise because you know obviously now they can't call up Caulfield. Uh, but I think maybe the process the the thought process was obviously to add some extra depth there on the left side with a guy that that has. obviously he was having a terrible season in Philadelphia, but he's had a lot of success in the past. Um, He had a season where I think he had like over 60 points. Obviously they're not expecting that out of him, but if he can bounce back and, and I mean, the Canadians need a puck moving defenseman.
0: They do. But like, the thing is, is this team clearly loves Ben Sherrod, right? Because like we talked about right away, he was put next to Shea Weber. And even though they had a good game yesterday, I don't think that's a good move, but like, I don't think that that's going to change or he's going to be moved out of the lineup. Edmondson's got that like, crazy plus-minus season going. He's not going to get moved out. Like, obviously, Petrie and Weber aren't going to get moved out. Romanov better not get benched because I won't be happy. So then it's just like, are you just going to rotate Kulak, Gustafson, and Merrill depending on the matchup and all that? I mean, at some point, I'd just like to have one of those guys get some chemistry with Romanov, if you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, I guess what? you can have Romanov sit here and there, but I don't know. It's, it seems odd. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, it it definitely does. I mean, well, I think Merrill is probably going to be the the long term uh, guy beside Romanov. I think he's the, probably the one that complements Romanov the most. Uh, yeah. as Roman, you know, the, Merrill definitely of the three defensemen is is the is the more defensive minded guy. So that that'll offer Romanov a little bit more chance to uh, to play more of an offensive game. Uh, I mean, I thought Gustafsson could could definitely make some sense beside Weber. Because you know, that, that way Weber would be playing his def- defensive style of game and that and then
0: that way Gustavson could really do his thing offensively. But that only works like if you start... lower the minutes, though. You're not gonna start playing yeah. Gustavson like twenty five minutes next to Weber. No, that, definitely not. You know? No, <laughs> yeah, No, exactly.
1: no I, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. You know, but if they can uh, if, if they could play twenty minutes a game, I think that wouldn't be too bad. You know, Gustavson and Weber, then you have Petrie and Edmondson playing, you know, maybe 22 to 20 to 22 to 25 minutes a game. That would make sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, they have, you know, obviously with all these options now, uh, Dusham has a lot of different combos that he can throw out there and, and they're, they're going to be fine if they have to deal with any injuries. Um, you know, so it's, it I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how, how he, well, assuming he does get into the lineup at some point where exactly he's
0: going to fit in. Well, so that's because that's the thing Like they first of all, like I don't want the playoffs come. That he can he can, he can can play right there's no cap at that point and all that that's why they'll be able to, to to slot in Gallagher too and all that but I'd like for him to get a couple of games in before the playoffs roll around you know what I mean like I, I would rather his NHL debut not to be in, in, in the playoffs I mean I'd still want him to play in the playoffs but I don't know just like I don't know if you agree but like part of me is just like you don't want his first game to be in the playoffs you want him to get a little bit and now he's not playing at all while they are playing in Laval like I hope that the fact that That Laval had a game and Caulfield was still here just sitting in the press box. I mean, sure, it's good for him to get the practice time learning, the the system and all of that, but I still think it'd be better for him to be playing. But I hope the fact that they did that is because they are confident they're going to be able to get him in the lineup sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, no, I, I don't care where he plays. It's in the NHL or the AHL. He yeah. should not be sitting in the press. Box. Exactly. He, he needs yeah. to play hockey. You know, um, I mean, it, originally the Laval Rocket were only supposed to play one game this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then all yeah. of a sudden sort of at the last minute, two games got added because uh, I think mostly because of the Toronto Marlies situation. Um, so, So, I mean, you can sort of, you know, forgive that. But uh, yeah, because of the cap situation it makes it a whole like really complicated, obviously. Uh, but yeah, whatever. If he, if his first NHL game is in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, PK Suman's first NHL game was in the playoffs, so oh, that enough. turned out pretty well. So uh, why not? Yeah,
0: I mean, why? Sure, why not? But but like, you know, I'd like to see him slot in before that. You know, like like I'm not against him starting in the playoffs. I just I, I don't want him to start before that. It it it, it just seems odd I and mean, it. Then let him like like. Then I want him to play in the AHL. Let him go have fun with uh yeah. with Ryan Paling. All of a sudden, he's an amazing uh amazing prospect for this team again.
1: <laughs> there you go. And as far as um Cole Caulfield goes, from what I understand, is with uh with Primo as the backup goalie, they can't afford Caulfield in the lineup. But if Lingren is the backup goalie, then they can afford him. So what? you would think is probably going to happen is that primo is going to be starting in nets on friday uh, and then you'll probably see him get sent down to the taxi squad and lingren get called up to be the backup to allen on saturday and then hopefully we'll get to see cole caulfield play that
0: so that the, the, the be... cap is so complicated i'm going to assume what you said makes sense <laughs> but, well like, especially especially with the canadians being so hard, yeah, hard up again. I know it's just like I just like what if like let's say Merrill keeps playing well he just doesn't get out of the lineup like imagine Gusson doesn't play at all you know there's no injuries lucky enough to avoid injuries and then it was like I don't care about losing the pick I just care about how he just got up so close with the cap that they can't uh, that they, they can't like play confident what's kind of really frustrating here too is is there always a limit on call ups or is this uh, because of the COVID season thing? Because the Canadians only have one call up left, which is kind of annoying. Like, no, there there is always a always a limit. Uh, they, the always post deadline. a trade deadline? Yeah. But why? Yeah, and, like, what's the point of that?
1: Well, that's so uh, so like teams that are out of the playoffs already don't just call up a bunch of young players and lose all their games. That's the thought process behind it. I guess you know, agree with agree with it or
0: not, but that that is what the thought process is. Because like a guy like, I mean, at the same time, I'm kind of happy that Ryan Paling is going to get to finish off uh, the season in the AHL, even though this is kind of a write-off season, of course, because there's going to be no playoffs or anything. But he's having a monster year. And and part of me thinks, like, I'd be, I, I'm just kind of curious to see what he would look like in the NHL. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, there's
1: a lot of people, including ourselves to a certain extent, sort of writing him off uh, after last season, just with the way that it ended you know, he, there was a well, lot he didn't of
0: touch the ice during the bubble.
1: Exactly. Well, he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't even with the team on the bubble. So it's, he, I mean, Al, Alex Belzil was playing ahead of him. So that obviously wasn't a good sign. There was, you know, some, some questions we don't know exactly what happened there, but uh, maybe that he wasn't showing the dedication that the Habs wanted to see from him. There, there but, were
0: rumors that he maybe wasn't in the best shape and all that. Who knows what's true and what isn't. But it, if it was, it sounds like he took the criticism to heart and, was out to prove something this year
1: yeah he he's tearing it up i mean if if you know if, if you watch the laval rocket i mean you see a whole new player i mean he's got uh, i think 20 points in 26 games so far after you know a pretty bad season last year with the habs he had like two points in 27 games and i think 13 points in like 40 games with the rockets so obviously he didn't put up great numbers but i mean he's he's playing like like a man possessed out
0: there, like his goal yesterday was. And I know the AHL, the level is not as high, but it's still like professional hockey players. The goal he scored yesterday was a beautiful. as a goal scorer's goal, as they say. You know, like he he he's looking like like I don't watch the, like the, the the every single Rocket game, but like, I catch the highlights as much as possible and all that. And these plays that he's put, pulling off, I mean, he he's looking fantastic. I mean, uh, are, are we back to talking about paling as a legitimate like? Prospect for the Canadians, like it looks to me like he's 100% going to be playing on the Canadians next year. So, what does that mean for the other roster decisions the team needs to make? Uh,
1: That's that's a good question. You know, I mean, there's there, he he could potentially slot in at center. You know, if the Canadians lose Dano, uh, if Dano is still with the team, you know, a lot of people see him as a left wing maybe in the NHL, yeah. Um, so. You know, maybe if the Canadians lose Tatar, obviously he's not going to put up the same amount of points as Tatar. Of course, he's uh, he, he's he's going to be a good two long, two way guy. But uh, and
0: the, the, the Canadians are also going to lose someone else to the expansion draft, of course. That I mean, I I I would be I, I would expecting it to be a defenseman. I think like if we base ourselves on what happened in the last expansion draft and all that, but it could very well be a forward too. So there's going to be some spots open for sure. But I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm I can't believe I'm excited for Ryan Paling again.
1: I know it's, it's, it's exciting. I, mean, I I think ideally, you know, probably best to keep him down uh, in Laval anyway for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's having sure. so much success there, let him finish off his season. And, and, you know, I mean, uh, maybe gets a call up in the playoffs, you know, if he plays, we'll see, you know, obviously he will have to do, uh, we'll have to see with injuries and that, but, but definitely heading into camp next season, you know, he's gonna, he, he's putting himself in a pretty solid
0: position to make the team next year out of camp. So what does this mean for for Jake Evans? like I feel like Jake Evans kind of got a raw deal here he he wasn't doing bad I mean if Jake Evans was winning fifty percent of his face off since the beginning of the year, I feel like things would be looking very different and that must be so frustrating for him that's the only reason he's not you know what I because mean? he, he wasn't looking bad at all no no
1: definitely not especially you know when they first got Eric Stahl Right when when he was obviously in quarantine, yeah, that was yeah. Uh, you know two of the three best games Jake Evans yeah, played in sure. months. But I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, you're if you're going to be a fourth line center, and Evans is never really going to be more than a fourth line center. Yeah, he enough. can he can chip in every once in a while, but he's never going to be a guy that's going to put up a lot of points. If you're a fourth line center, you have to win faceoffs. If you can't yeah. do that, then you know it is what it is. Yeah. Hopefully in the off season you'll work on that. Um, you know, I, I mean, I I think he'll stick with the Canadians. He'll be one of those, you know, uh, fourth line or extra forward type of guys. But I mean, he's he's still a great player. Definitely on the PK, he's he's a huge asset. But the the face offs is what's killing him.
0: I mean, I mean it's a it, it like you said it 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 is what it is. I mean, he still seems like he's definitely an NHL player. But it, like I feel like his if it's not here, maybe it'll be it'll it'll be elsewhere. But like I, don't know, I just kind of feel for him, like a. He did, he did everything right. He's a good story and all that, you know, and he was, he was still doing well with, with the Canadians. And, like, the, here's the thing Stahl, I'm liking his faceoff wins, but overall, like, who's overall played better, Eric Stahl oh, Jacob, or Jake? For sure. 100%. I mean, Eric Stahl, yes, he
1: has two goals. He had that great goal in overtime in his first game with the Habs. Yeah. But aside from that, he has been terrible. Aside from the, the faceoffs, is the only thing that he does
0: right for the yeah. Canadians. Yeah. Everything else I've, I feel is it's been really bad. It's, it's constantly like, you, turning the fuck over. You notice him on the ice because he's in going in slow motion.
1: It, it seems <laughs> like he's just he's just coasting out there. Like it doesn't yeah. even seem like he's
0: trying sometimes. But it's weird because like Perry kind of gives that same like vibe, but then but he but it works for him. Cause he, cause he's such a smart player. Like Perry doesn't look like he's going like balls to the wall constantly. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, he, sure. he, he, but he's a smarter player and it's just like, I don't know. Maybe Eric Stahl relied more on his raw talent than a guy like Corey Perry did, you know? So, so, so it's harder for him to, to make that, that transition. I, I, I'm not ready to fully, fully, fully like kind of get, give, give up on Eric. Stall. I just think we have to, you know, like, like we were saying before, just make sure we use him in, in the right way. But he's only a year removed from, like, but I guess that's what everyone's saying about Shea Weber, too. Like, the players just fall off. But, I mean, he didn't, I didn't think he looked as bad yesterday. Uh, And a lot of the older guys didn't look as bad yesterday. And yesterday was a playoff game, right? So, it's like, the reality of the COVID, like, everyone with COVID is, even if you're not a professional athlete, we're all having a hard time getting motivated to do, like, our our day-to-day things or, or do our go to work and all it, it, it weighs on everyone and it weighs on NHL players too. So I'm I'm part of me is kind of wondering if some of these veterans kind of don't care about the re- regular season that much right now. And we're going to see uh, s- s- some, some different kind of game g- game play out of them come playoff time, you know, because if you, if you talk to Buffalo fans, it, they were talking about Eric Stahl, like he, he hasn't cared for a while, but we were all saying, well, whatever, I wouldn't care if I was in Buffalo either, but you know, it's a different season. And what we saw yesterday if that's the playoff level, going to the next gear, then this this team could make some noise. It, 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 it's, we said at the beginning of the year, it's a team built for the playoffs. No, absolutely, and yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes
1: we we've seen that over the last couple of games, over the last couple of weeks, that the Canadians really seem like they're they're not trying that hard. You know, even when they every do...
0: single game against Ottawa, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically. But uh, yeah, I mean, last night we definitely saw what they can do in playoff hockey. And now the next three games are going to be against the Flames. This is 100% playoff hockey. If the Canadians lose these three games, they're in a whole lot of trouble.
0: If the they win is, these three it,
1: games, then they're their
0: goal. They're, they're set. And it's not just Calgary, too, right? Because you look at Vancouver and they won their first game back from the bubble. Everyone already wrote them off. But Calgary, uh, Vancouver have what, five games in hand on the Canadians and they're 10 points behind? I mean, the odds of them winning all five of those those games in high in hand are low, but, I mean, it, the possibility is there. Like, if the Canadians look more like they did on Monday or Saturday the rest of the year versus how they looked yesterday, there's a very real possibility that, that they're going to miss out on, on, on the playoffs. So, yeah, these next three games, it's it's playoff hockey. It, it's, it's kind of exciting because it's like three in a row against Calgary. It's like a, a, a mini kind of playoff round before the playoffs so let, let, let's let talk about predictions what which team are we going to see in these in these next three games are we going to see the canadians from yesterday or are we going to see the canadians from the, the the few games before that
1: i think they're going to come out flying uh yeah. calgary if i'm not mistaken is playing tonight um oh no i could be wrong about that i thought they were playing ottawa but apparently Ottawa is playing vancouver um so well i think i mean th- i think we're going to see the team today that, that we saw yesterday um, it's going to be really interesting to see tomorrow if, pre, uh, you know, if, uh, if Primo's in nets. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Season he's had in, in the AHL. Same. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think they're, you know, I think they're going to win two out of three. And I think if they win two out of three, I think we got to be happy. I think you know that's that's a good, you know, as long as they come with two, uh, come out of with two wins. You got to be happy with that. And I think
0: that's what we'll see, yeah, two two regulation wins, hopefully. And so, yeah, they Calgary hasn't played since uh, since Monday. They've been in Calgary since then. I mean, the schedule might have changed. I know the schedule's been like fluctuating. like it's so hard to keep up with the fantasy teams because all the changes because of the Vancouver stuff. Uh, but uh, there's like always these postponed games and all that. But yeah, they haven't played since uh, since Monday, and they've been in Calgary the whole time. But sometimes you see teams, when they go on a bit of a lull and they're at home the whole time, that it's not necess- they don't necessarily come out flying, you know? So so we'll we'll see uh, uh, how it goes. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think we're going to see, I, I feel like a, a, a switch kind of flipped yesterday and the yeah. team realized like, oh crap, okay. Maybe they finally pulled up NHL.com slash standings and they were like, oh, hold on, hold on. We haven't made the playoffs yet. Oh, maybe we should win a few games before the end of the year. So they kind of turned it on a little bit. So hopefully, hopefully that's 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 what happened. And I I think we're gonna continue to see the 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 leaders, the the veterans on the team perform. And like you, I think like you said, two out of three is uh is good. And then you get two out of three, and it, it's it's getting closer and closer to to to, to a guaranteed playoff spot. And then not that it not that not that it would be, but it's uh it's getting there. They definitely have to win at least one of these two back to backs. That's for sure. Because uh, and 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 also it's just like can you just please do it so I'm not stressed every time I'm watching the Canadians for the rest of the regular season, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, we could. You know, we're already dealing with COVID. We don't need any more stress on it. Exactly.
0: It's, it's, just it's playing like, some games think of us think of us all right so uh i mean i'm, I'm excited to see because that's what we like, we said on the last podcast that they better come out flying the next game, and they didn't right they 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 played very conservative if anything so uh, hopefully it's what we see is what we feel like we should see but uh i mean only only time will tell it's it's impossible to predict with this damn team they've been so up and down the whole year and, and but before we we end the podcast quickly i know we did have one uh, one twitter question if i'm not mistaken
1: Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yeah, probably should have had that ready. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got a Twitter question here. Uh, just one Twitter question this week. And that's coming from uh, Ryan Rebalkin at Ryan Rebalkin on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure you'll mention this. Jake Allen, he's been a workout horse, game after game, start after start. Politics and salary aside, both goal- goalies
0: equally healthy. Who should start the playoffs? Okay, so Ryan, you said right? Yes. Now, Ryan, thank you for the question. And I'm sure you're a perfectly nice person. But that is a completely ridiculous statement. Of well, course, I mean, yeah, Carey Price is going to start in the playoffs.
1: It's got to, yeah. It's, I mean, it's got to be Price. Um, but, I mean, the, the one thing about it, though, is that, I mean, we, we saw what Arrested Price could do last season, right, in the playoffs. I mean, he basically, he's yeah. the reason that we beat the Penguins in the first place. 100%. But I mean, last season, you know, I mean, obviously, Price there was he didn't falter whatsoever in the playoffs. But I mean, now that they do have a very legitimate backup in Jake Allen, you got to think that, you know, if if he does falter even a little bit, I mean, Jake Allen's right there. He's going to be ready to take over if if he does, you know, struggle.
0: So I mean, uh, mean, no, the Price is definitely going to get the start. I see Allen starting over Price, assuming both are healthy, of course, is if Price has not one but two back-to-back absolutely atrocious performances. Like I'm talking 8 nothing or something like that. You know, something ridiculous. I really think that's the only way we... We uh, we see that happen, and I honestly I think here's the thing with Kerry Price. If I don't know if you look at his season stats, and i not necessarily that impressive, but he, he had a horrible start to the year, even when the team when the team was winning. I mean, the last month or so he's been on and off injured, so it is what it is. But before that, under Ducharme, his stats were very very good, and he he was outplaying Jake Allen, and, and uh, Jake Allen has been a fantastic backup goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens. But when Price first went down, we did see that Jake Allen realistically probably he is a backup goaltender right that's that that's what he is there's there there, there's a reason why at this point in his career he he's kind of been established as strictly a backup goalie he's a great backup goalie but i don't think he's he's your starter now in the playoffs you never know like goalies get hot in the playoffs all the time Uh, we've seen it time and time again uh but i mean it's it's price all the way and i and i think that's the right call too because like if you look at the numbers since march Price has been outplaying Allen, like with a 9, nine sixteen save percentage, 2.16 goals against average. Like he he was putting up good numbers. Now he's been injured in April, so it's kind of like faltered a little bit. But it's not like he's all. It's not like the team is. There's always these rumors. The team is pulling. He's actually injured. He had a different injury. Now it's a concussion. Like the only thing is, like we're not getting a lot of details on 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 this injury. We all know how head injuries can be. You know who knows. So this is assuming he's healthy. But if he's healthy, Allen is going to have the best seat in the house for the entire playoffs, and that's all he's going to have. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably. Yeah,
1: I mean Price for sure is going to get to start, and like you said, unless you know maybe if he falters big
0: time. Like uh, I'm but- talking big time. For them to play Allen over Price, he would have to falter big time. Yeah, prob probably,
1: probably. But uh, I mean, hopefully, you know, I mean, he's dealing with a concussion now.
0: Yeah, who well, that's knows a, that's how long? Story. You
1: know, yeah, yeah, you know, who lo- who knows how long it's it's going to be before he gets back? I mean, concussions are always a uh, always a bit of a fickle thing. I mean, you gotta fit, like, especially for a goalie, you would think. I mean, you know, I mean, you get hit in the head again. I mean, that's probably not going to help the situation. So we'll see what um, happens.
0: Well, sure, but I mean, I, I, think, I agree you know, Allen can know. hold
1: the fort for now.
0: No, Allen holds it for tonight. Nothing against Allen, but I'm just saying, come playoff time, assuming both are healthy, it's Price all the way, 100%. There's no, and it's not politics, it's not nothing. He is the better goaltender. You know, he yeah. he's had his issues. He has, he's had had issues with inconsistencies and all that. But hey, like if it's both healthy and it's game seven against the Leafs, winner go home. carry Price all the way. Like there's no doubt about it. No, no, definitely not. But uh, anyway,
1: we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully they're both he- healthy and anyway, Price obviously is getting some time off now. He's missing missing quite a bit, but Allen, you know, is is doing his his part of taking over for Price. So, hopefully Price is going to be well rested for the
0: playoffs and and we'll we'll see him play as well as he did last season. But there's resting because you're not playing and resting because you're injured, you know. Those are two different things. So, like hopefully he's that's the one thing like you want him to get a few games in, like hopefully he's ready to go at least a, a week and a half before the playoffs. You know what I mean? You want him to get a few starts before the playoffs.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But uh, anyway, we we still got a, a, a little wave before before that. Right. Obviously, I'm it's,
0: it's not question. that much. It's, it's oh, true. barely a month. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it's coming up really quick. And, uh, I mean, that's probably for the best for the Canadians because it's probably coming up too quick to give them a chance to choke this playoff spot, so. <laughs> and then against the Leafs, who knows? They're great at choking in the playoffs, so they actually might have a chance. You never know, especially with their goaltending. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the Jack Campbell story is... Uh, they 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 were already calling for him to be a, the president candidate and all that and it was, it's already <laughs> it's already falling through. Uh, I mean it it is what it is. I mean I, I mean we like to make fun of Leafs fans but it must be hard honestly. Like if it, it like as much as it would suck to lose in the first round to the Leafs. Imagine you're the Leafs and then they and they and if they lose to the Canadians in the first round. Oh my God. Oh man. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> <laughs> alright so I think uh, uh, that does it uh, for, uh, for for this week's episode I mean we'll be back next week after those three Calgary games hopefully we're going to be in a, in a good mood again after at least a couple wins against Calgary so uh, as always thank you for listening and uh, we'll talk to you next week